welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 271 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and super excited that you're joining me this week. I have a really good episode for you. This is an interview with Dr. Sasha High, who is an obesity medicine physician in Canada as well as a certified coach. So she and I have a lot in common. And what we are talking about today is the intersection between obesity medicine and coaching, how the two of them connect and support each other and are both very important pieces to the puzzle of how do we care for our bodies? How do we manage our weight in a very positive way? I hope that you enjoy this episode. Please make sure if you have any questions, reach out either to Dr. High or to myself. We both would be very happy to answer any questions. Let's get to the episode. I'm Siobhan Key, and I'm joined today by... I'm Sasha High. And we're recording this episode together, and you'll be listening to it on both of our podcasts because the topic is really applicable for what both of us do. So if you haven't met me before, I am a family medicine physician and an obesity medicine physician in British Columbia, and I also coach physicians who feel out of control around food and just want to have some peace around food while also reaching their health goals. Awesome. And I am an internal medicine specialist and an obesity physician in Ontario, Canada. And I run a North America-wide coaching program called Best Weight. We just have very similar philosophies, Siobhan and I, and we wanted to come together to collaborate because we both believe in the practice of obesity medicine and the power of bringing in coaching to support people to live their healthiest lifestyle and kind of create that peace around food and with their bodies. So we're really excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, I love it because we kind of came through the same path at different times and from different directions, but it's ended up where we see value in very similar approaches. We were talking before this, we hit the record button about really how it can't just be one and how if the benefit comes from, yes, we can use some of these newer medications which are exciting and there's newer ones coming down the pipe eventually in Canada. (laughs) You guys in the States will get them faster than us. But also the mindset coaching piece is something both of us believe so much in and has the ability to transform lives and what that experience is of managing weight as a long-term medical condition, which it is. Yeah, absolutely. I said this before, and I'm just going to say it on air, even though it's controversial, that I think the challenge with the direction that obesity medicine is taking in Canada is that it's really going towards a medicine is your only option or surgery. And we don't even talk about behaviors anymore. 
We don't talk about creating your healthiest lifestyle. We talk a little bit about psychological interventions, but it's kind of like thrown in there for the people who like have specialized training in CBT. And it's not the norm. There's just the really strong push that I'm seeing to everyone needs to just be on a medication. And while, you know, you and I both agree in the value of anti-obesity medications, they aren't a silver bullet and they don't preclude the need for doing the whole picture. I think that's where the coaching piece comes in, right? And the reality is what coaching does in terms of mindset coaching is it really helps us overcome all of the self-limiting beliefs, the toxic diet culture messaging. Sometimes it's like hating on our bodies because we feel like our bodies have failed us somehow as it relates to weight, the all or nothing thinking, the falling off the wagon kind of thinking. So we have to overcome all of that because that's what really dictates our behaviors and our actions and how we show up to create our healthiest lives. And so it is such an important piece in terms of if we want to make long-term behavior change, we have to address the cognitions or the thoughts that got us to where we were in the first place in a really kind and compassionate way. 100%. And what I was going to say is I think both of us, having done obesity medicine for a long time, have seen a lot of situations where, yes, the anti-obesity medications are useful tools, but they aren't the complete picture. So, you know, I have lots of patients who are on anti-obesity medications and love them, but I also have lots of patients who are on them and don't get the same benefit and still struggle with overeating in certain situations. What I find and what I love to talk about from the coaching perspective is really being empowered in what the experience of making these changes in our life is. Because there's so much messaging that we've gotten through diet culture and through medicine and how its weight is taught in medicine that's very disempowering to the individual. Even when we think and you hear, well, diets don't work and there's no research for long-term weight loss or for people maintaining weight loss with behavioral change, which I think is part of the reason why it doesn't get talked about as much. But what I find is that's a very disempowering message to give to the individual. Like that's a population-based answer is that there's no long-term research or there's not a lot of lasting weight maintenance with primarily behavioral interventions. But I'm sure we both have a history of quite a few patients who've lost giant amounts of weight with strictly behavioral interventions. So we have to be careful about when we're looking at the population data that we're not disempowering the individual in what they can create in their life. And I think whatever messaging we give, and for those of you listening, whatever messaging you choose to take in about your weight journey or your eating journey, make sure it's empowering to you. And if you receive messaging from somewhere and it makes you feel smaller or disempowered or like you have less control, then that's not going to be a helpful tool for you in your own journey, regardless if it's based on data, regardless if there's a bunch of research or a famous person saying it, it still might not be helpful for you in your journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you raised such a valuable point of taking that population data and then bringing it down to the individual level of how are we going to interpret that and what are we going to make it mean for our individual journey, right? And if we hear data like, well, you know, this large lifestyle trial resulted in a 5% weight loss over the long term, those are sort of the numbers that we get from bigger trials. 
Well, then a lot of the conclusion that we often hear from an individual is, what's the point of even trying, right? Like, that's not even worth it mm-hmm. to me. And I mean, I have a whole bunch of thoughts about why, like, we need to move outside of the scale being the only reason that it's worth it to actually implement our best health behaviors, right? Like we could have a whole conversation about the fact that, you know what, we feel better when we implement great health behaviors, when we take care of our bodies, like we physically feel better and we have all of these other health benefits, but so often the conversation comes back to like, well, but I just really want the scale to go down, right? So, and to your point, there are individuals who fall outside of that average when you take large populations and put them through just a standardized trial. And I think the other piece is, we do actually see that with effective cognitive intervention, so for example, with acceptance and commitment therapy, some of those trials have seen higher percentage sustained weight loss, right? Up into, I think, the 12 to 14% range when you bring in the cognitive interventions. And so I know that that's which what we huge. do with coaching. Yeah, which is like double digit weight loss percentages is really significant, right? And so that's kind of consistent with this type of mindset coaching that you and I do is it's not just behaviors. It's not just giving you suggestions on how to set a goal and how to, I don't know, track your food, right? Like that's not it. It's really how do we address the cognitions, the emotions that we need to make space for that we never learned how to process and how to regulate. It's addressing all of that. And we often see much more significant outcomes when we do that big picture. Yeah. What I was going to say is that I think, too, some of that data that we're talking about or definitely like the data that was presented, even when I was first doing obesity medicine, what constituted a behavioral intervention was really people saying, "Okay, write down all your food, make sure you go for exercise. I remember doing a program where like if you have a craving, like disrupt it by clapping at that time, like I kind of laugh and that sort of stuff may be helpful for some, but I was really looking for tools to be like, okay, how do I actually help my patients when they're struggling? This was well before I found coaching. And what I know now is that, and I think the gap that the coaching fills is not the what to do, because most people are have a general sense of what to do, and they could list all the things they think they should be doing that they regularly make themselves feel guilty about. Anybody right. listening <laughs> probably identifies with that. But it's the, okay, but how do I actually get myself to do that on a regular basis consistently, even when I'm super stressed, even when life goes sideways, when I feel like it's not working, how do I still get myself to do it consistently if I see value in the actual tool? And that, I think, is what the coaching really brings to the table. And I know that was missing in my own journey. I was sitting there as an obesity medicine physician, still really struggling with going to the drive-through when I was super stressed out. There was times I'd do like my weight management group, which of course I put at the end of a busy day anyways. <laughs> so I'd be heading home late from it and I would head to the drive-through and I felt like a total fraud. But the piece that was missing is the like, how do I actually understand this behavior so I can create things that work for me even when it is a super long day, I'm leaving work late, I'm heading home to kids and have all these extra level of stress. And that I think is why coaching is so valuable on top of regardless of whatever type of obesity medicine treatment you have, because it fills in that how gap. And it should be a very personalized filling in of that how gap of, so it works for you in your life is my belief. Yeah, I think you nailed it, right? It's turning the knowledge that most 
programs, right? Most weight loss programs, which, whether it's commercial dieting or you're going to your doctor, they usually give you more information, right? They give you more knowledge, understanding of calories, macros. This is what healthy is. Like these are good foods to eat. These are like red flag foods to eat. So it's knowledge-based. Whereas what coaching brings in is that implementation piece, which I think you outlined so beautifully. I'll just share an example because I think it's helpful to kind of give our audience examples of what does the coaching look like? So I had a client yesterday and she had been consistently losing weight and she got to her lowest weight that she had been for like two decades or something. And there was something about the number that she reached. She came and she's like, I know I'm self-sabotaging. And we had to really look at, right, what is it about she had created this whole story about this number. And if she got below the number, she'd be happy. But if she didn't get below that number, she'd be a failure. Right. And that was creating this like tension in her body and a lot of anxiety. And out of that thought process resulting in those emotions that she was creating for herself, the action was self-sabotage. And that's the kind of thing that doing a diet never solves. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. you tracking on my fitness pal doesn't solve the problem here. And the problem is what is this belief that you're carrying that is resulting in the actions that you're taking that are actually pulling you away from where you want to be going, right? Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point too that you brought up of there are so many layers to how our brain approaches eating and weight Mm -hmm. that can create barriers. And what you brought up is sometimes success triggers all sorts of different thought patterns that are below the surface. Like, it's not like you're like, I'm afraid of going through this number because I don't know if I'll actually be happy when I get to the other side. Or another one I hear from people is this feels so simple. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like if it's too easy. And so I probably won't be able to sustain it type thinking. Those thoughts usually aren't like right here in the front of your face going, hey, you're afraid to lose more weight because you might not be happy or more people might comment on your body, which is a huge trigger for many, many people who have dealt with weight. It's down at a very low surface. So what you see is, geez, I was doing so well and now I keep reaching for the cookies and I don't understand what's going on. Right totally agree with you that having that ability to have somebody who understands coaching to be able to go, okay, like when you think about going past that number, what is it that comes up for you? That's when you start to really make a difference. And I really believe in that that's when we start to make those more lasting change too, is when we're like, oh, it's not that I'm have a cookie-itis where I, you know, I just can't stop the cookies. It's that sometimes my brain is trying to protect me with the food. And sometimes the ways it's protecting me aren't immediately obvious. But if I can learn and understand, I can actually start to create change. I think that's what personally, when I was introduced to coaching and even prior to coaching, I had learned like cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance commitment therapy, and then coaching kind of brought it all together. Like, I just feel like it pulls tools from all these different psychotherapeutic modalities and even DBT and brings it all together. But it's the ability to be aware of our thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of what you were saying, like, these are not often conscious on the surface thoughts that were like, oh yeah, I know exactly when I think this is what happens. It's like, you kind of have to learn the skill of becoming an observer of our thinking. And I use that language a lot with our clients is like, we're actually creating that little bit of distance so we're not all caught up in our thoughts and feelings where we can kind of really examine our thoughts. And that 
for me was like so groundbreaking because who thinks about thinking about their thoughts? You know, it's like who spends time doing that? And yet that is what has the power to change habit, get us out of autopilot. And even the experience of losing weight can be transformed by just shifting some of the unhelpful thoughts that you might have about the journey, right? So totally so much power in doing that coaching work. Yeah, I love talking about experience because number one, I think diet culture has told us there's a default experience. Mm -hmm. So there's this default experience of if you don't eat a food, the default is that you need to feel restricted and deprived by that. And if you are working on your weight loss, the default experience should be that it should be hard. You should feel like you're giving up everything you've ever loved, which I say slightly jokingly, but also it's true. Yeah. And also you probably, the experience should be that you should be putting all this heavy work in, giving up everything you love with a solid amount of doubt that it'll actually work. Mm-hmm. That, that's really the experience we've been taught. Yeah. And if we can take that more empowered approach and be like, but what experience do I want to have? This is a question when I have a physician thinking about joining my program and I meet with them. My question is not just what is your goal, but what experience do you want to have as you go after that goal? Mm-hmm. There's so many levels we can change the experience of weight loss with coaching. Yeah. And I love, and probably because this mattered to me personally, I love changing the experience of making those food decisions. Mm-hmm. So if, through coaching, if we can work on how we're thinking about the food so that if somebody's eating something that normally you would find to be fairly triggering or tempting or however you want to phrase it, and you can work on how you're thinking about it so you can just be like, you know what, I could totally eat that, but right now I'm not because of these reasons and it doesn't need to bother me and it doesn't mean to me and I never, ever, ever get that food again. And maybe it can actually feel really positive and comfortable for me to make that decision. If you think about how many food decisions you need to make, daily, weekly, yearly to not only lose weight, but also maintain it. Having that skill of, I can actually feel good in these food decisions and I have tools that I know how to problem solve if the food decisions don't feel good, I think is one of the biggest skills that we can learn. And I love it because it it transforms your life. You can be, we were talking about the obesogenic environment that we live in and how food is so marketed and so created to activate our brains and make us want more and make it hard for us to stop. And so we need to be able to know how to navigate that environment if you want to manage your weight. And the medications do help because like, I don't know about you, but a lot of patients say to me on the medications, their brain just is less interested in food. It's less seeking of those environments. And so I think that is extremely helpful for a lot of people. But if you can combine that with what we're talking about is, yes, I've got this medication that is a really effective tool for me. And also, I know how to manage my mind around these food decisions. It's like a power combo. Absolutely. I completely agree. And that's certainly what I've seen with our clients is bringing the two together. Number one, they enjoy the process so much more. So that experience that you just talked about. Number two, they develop that self-efficacy of, I know how to pivot when I need to, because that's the other thing is weight management is not going to be the same thing today as it is a year from now. And (laughs) diets disempower, as you already talked about, which means you don't build self-efficacy because you've given all your power away to, I just know how to follow these rules. But as soon as these rules stop working for me, I don't know what to do. I'm totally helpless, which is very Mm -hmm. different from, I know how to pivot. I know how to problem solve. And you know what, what tweak can I move forward with? What's my next best step? 
right? So it changes that experience. And I've certainly seen much more effective, like long-term sustaining the weight loss when we bring in the coaching side with the medical. I also just believe that medicine treats disease and obesity is a chronic disease, but no medication is ever going to create your best health. Or your best life. Yeah, exactly. Not your best health and not your best life. So for all of us, regardless of if you have obesity, if you don't have obesity, because we just mentioned we live in an obesogenic environment, we live in an environment that favors sedentariness, it favors quick fixes, it favors instant gratification, hyperpalatable foods. We need to be deliberate and intentional about creating our healthiest lives because that's not what happens by default. And that, Mm -hmm. I think, is something that we have to put attention and focus into and where coaching can be so helpful with that implementation piece and no medication will ever create that. Absolutely. And I think it's worth if we talk about like what is a healthy life, right? Because diets, depending which one you're doing, could be offering healthy fuel for your body if you follow it and if you're able to follow it. But the intention behind them and the hurry and haste and that disempowering doesn't mean they actually help create healthy mental health life or enjoyment of your life because regardless of your body size shape you deserve to enjoy your life and enjoy your body and be proud of it now regardless of what it is or where you are on your journey that's I think the thing diets teach us too is that you get to be happy and have a happy life once you reach that point kind of like your client you were talking about the reality is living a healthy life and living your best life is about loving it now and loving the journey because that journey doesn't end. Yes. And so for me, I think of it as, yes, the food we put into our bodies matters and choosing food that fuels you and makes you feel really good, makes you feel satisfied, but also gives you energy. For me, I use a lower carb approach because I find that's the one that gives me that combination in my own body. But also then it needs to be like we move our body, but moving our body not for the calories that it burns Mm -hmm. and for the hope that it drives that scale down, but moving our body because our bodies feel best when they're being moved and because our brain feels best when our bodies are being moved. And the third piece is that mental health piece of taking care of what your own needs are. And for the physicians I work with, I think this is one of the biggest things that we struggle with is because we've been taught to care for everybody else instead of us. And so we don't actually consider our own needs in a day until the day is almost over. And often... In that setting, you're exhausted and so you reach for food because you want to feel a little bit better. You want a little bit of a treat at the end of the day. And we have to bring in that mental health piece of what are my personal needs in this day and how can I at least let my needs have a seat at this table? Because without that, you're not going to live your healthiest life and you're not going to live your best life. And you probably aren't going to be as successful at weight loss because not caring for yourself, not letting your own needs be met is a huge driver for eating. Yeah. And I think that's the part where we have to uncover those like core beliefs of either everyone else is more important. This is my duty. I'm not worthy. Right. Those are the core beliefs. And the manifestation of that is I'm not planning my meals. I just eat whatever. I grab my kids snacks to eat. Right. Like I take care of everyone else instead of me. 
we can try to fix that behavior and we can try to fix that behavior and maybe for a short time you'll be able to shift it you know for a few weeks but as long as that core belief is still present it's going to continue driving you back to not taking care of yourself taking care of everyone else because you're going to live that out right we live out of the beliefs about ourselves we live out our identity and so that's the part that that's like the underneath the surface pieces that are so often missing and that's what coaching really addresses right it really fills that gap that's so needed. And I think having worked in obesity medicine now for over a decade and having practiced obesity medicine way before I even discovered coaching, I was like you, I was like, there's something missing. Like we're not really helping people with what we're doing right now, right? Telling them about calories and giving them food lists is like, there's just, we're not doing them a service because they already know the information I'm providing, right? Like that's how I felt for so many years practicing obesity medicine. I'm like, what are we really doing here? Right. And like, you can do this, right. Trying to encourage, you know, when we're trying to be kind and now I know, and now I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so thankful that I have a skill set. And it's really, I describe it to my clients as we're just going to practice tools and skills and that's it. And we're going to like teach you this skill set that you can practice and you can fail at and you can learn how to recover from those setbacks. And then you build resilience and you just keep going and you just keep practicing these skills. And like, that's so much more empowering than I'm going to give you some more knowledge that you don't really know how to implement in your life. And I don't really know how to help you implement in your life. And then when that doesn't work, I'm going to give you a medication. And that's all we got. Absolutely. I had the same experience. And it's partly why I've had coaching because like I mentioned, I was struggling in my own life and being like, what the hell? I have obesity medicine knowledge. Why do I still eat the stuff that I know contributes to my weight? And also at the same time, I was watching my patients who, you know, initially, and we all do this, right? You go on a diet and somebody says, here, this is the answer. All you need to do is eat this just stop eating that. And they hand you that list and you're like, oh, thank you. Finally, somebody's answered this for me. And there's that sense of relief. There's that motivation and you get going with it. Yeah. But then at some point, the realities of life come in and this gap that we're talking about of between the implementation and the why and how you actually do it Mm -hmm. starts to show up. And then when you struggle, and I want to talk about failure because you brought it up and I think it's such an important topic that coaching helps with. But when you start to struggle, you don't ever consider that it was that the diet didn't give you the right tools. Yes. You think you screwed up and something's wrong with you. Yeah. And you look on social media and there's pictures of people that seem to be doing everything just great. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. So I was watching my patients do that. And I'm like, there has to be a way to help figure out how to help them actually stick. Like I could see if they follow it, it does work. They do lose weight. But that gap of how do I actually help them follow it is how I found coaching. And when I started to find coaching, I was like, oh, this is what has been missing in my own life and also been missing in my obesity medicine. And that's when I started coaching physicians because I was like, other doctors need this too. Like, we did not get this in medical school. I wanted to talk about failure because how you mentioned it, I think reframing and having a different set of tools about failure is also one of the most powerful things that coaching brings to the table. Because again, diet mentality is we're either successful or failing. And what we both know is a long-term weight management course is there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be times where it goes really well. There's going to be times where you regain some weight, times where old eating habits come back and none of it is a problem. They're just opportunities to understand, okay, what tools do I need to be using in this situation? 
And I love it that with coaching, we can arm patients and clients with that of, you don't have to worry about messing up. It's not a question of, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or I worry I'm going to fail, which are really common things we probably both hear when people start. We don't have to worry about that because no matter what happens, you will have a tool or an approach to manage it and to think differently about it. Absolutely. I think it's so fascinating too, because we have this, it's almost like failure bias also, where our brain completely discounts the positive changes that we're making when we're trying to make change, the progress that we're seeing, right? And our brain kind of discounts that. But the first sign of like, "Mm, maybe I ate off my plan, I ate a little bit too much, right? The scale didn't move today, the scale went up a pound today. Our brain like like hyper focuses on that and paints this big story about failure. And even that, we have to be conscious of our brain. We have to be aware of the tendencies of the human brain to be able to be onto that and catch that because those are the little things that slip in, cause demotivation, cause discouragement, cause us to be like, screw it, this isn't even working. What's the point, right? And we lose sight of the fact that we actually are making progress because of our own internal like bias and self-talk. And so that piece of being able to, number one, recognize that our brain kind of hyper-focuses on failure, discounts the positives. But number two, when we do have a failure or we call them setbacks, Firstly, we normalize it from the start. I'm like, you are going to have setbacks. You are going to have failures. I'm just telling you that from the beginning. So it's not a surprise when it happens. I'm going to anticipate it. I want you to anticipate it. And we're going to make that totally normal because you're human and that's just what's going to happen, right? And so I've had clients who come in and they're like, oh my goodness, I was losing weight every week and all of a sudden I gained four pounds and they're like making this big story about how it's a failure. I'm like, thank goodness this happened. I'm so happy that this happened now so that we can work through this and clean up your thinking. And you didn't you know, do this after you were done working with me because then who knows where your brain would have gone with that, right? So like, let's absolutely address this. Let's shift how we're looking at this because that's going to make the difference of are you going to keep going? Are you going to endure? Are you going to persevere or are you going to quit? 100%. And I agree too. I'm also like, it's not, can we avoid the setbacks? It's, we will purposely plan that they are going to happen. When I'm talking about what I take people through in my Thrive Academy is we start with figuring out what they want to be eating. But then the next step is we try to follow that and expect that you're not going to actually follow it consistently. Mm -hmm. And every single time that you're not consistent, it's just an opportunity to learn and build these skills that we're talking about. Love it. And if we can just start changing that and not be like, oh, dang it, I blew it and look what I ate, but being like, okay, interesting, my brain's doing something around this right now. Like, what is actually going on here? What can I learn from this? How can I use this moving forward? It makes it a totally different journey. Yeah, I love that. I do the same thing with like, we're going to set goals, but the purpose of setting goals is not always to just accomplish them. It's to notice all of the barriers that come up when we set a goal. And then we just work through those barriers, right? And that's how we successfully move forward, right? We just anticipate the barriers. We anticipate the setbacks. And we learn how to navigate and pivot and continue moving forward in in spite of all of them. Yeah. And that I really think like, because a big question in obesity medicine is that sustainability piece. But I think what we're talking about here, this skill is a huge piece of that long-term sustainability. Because the reality of life is long after people have worked with us, things are going to show up in their life. Tough stuff's going to happen they're going to feel stressed. They're going to have tough patches because that's what being human is. Mm -hmm. And if they have these skills that they can then be like, it's okay, I can figure this out no matter 
if it's been days or weeks or months, okay, I'm just going to start using those skills again. Yeah. They can get out of it. That's how you build that long-term sustainability, I think. Yeah, exactly. You said it, right? It's how do we make this sustainable? Because most people know how to do the short-term weight loss. And so what we really need to solve for is not just the short-term, but how do we make this stick for life? And life comes with different seasons and it comes with times where you have lots of time to focus on your health and then other times where you have sick parents that you're caring for and you know your priorities shift a little bit, but how do you continue to not totally let go of your health goals or your values and how do you figure out what that looks like to hold both values, right, with shifting seasons? So all of these layers. And I think that's why it's so fun and so interesting. <laughs> like I think about if I was just doing, you know, obesity medicine without the coaching, I would struggle with that. I think it would be really dissatisfying personally in terms of my practice, but I also think this is what gives so much value to our patients. And I know you give that to your physician clients, but you also give that to your patients within your obesity medicine practice, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And I love that we share philosophy on it. You know, for both of us, these tools that we're talking about and that we share, we're so passionate about them because we use them in our own life and yeah. we've seen not only like clients change their lives with these tools, but we, every single day we're using them to live our best life and our healthiest life. And I want to point out, I'm speaking for myself, but I assume it's true for you too, is also the problem solving when setbacks happen because just because we're obesity medicine, just because we're coaches doesn't mean we're perfect with this. Yeah. We also have human brains and stuff comes up and <laughs> life gets busy and you forget the habits that we're working for you. But when you have these tools, you don't have to panic. Yeah. You just come back to, oh, okay, what is it that I need to put in place? What do I need to focus on now to get those things happening again? And it just feels so much simpler. And I hear that from clients and patients, especially as we get closer to the holiday season here, is they'll say, you know, it, this is the first year I haven't had to worry when I caught myself eating cookies because I just had confidence that I'd be able to get back to what was working and I could enjoy the cookies. And I, to me, that's a really good description of the power of coaching for the long-term management of weight. Yes. Is sometimes you're going to eat the cookies and it's okay. That's life. And you can enjoy it, but you can also manage your weight long-term with it. Yeah, I love that. And you're absolutely right. This is something that we both apply in our own lives. And I think one of the other like added benefits of coaching, I'm sure you've had clients say this also. I have so many clients who tell me, all the tools I'm learning, I'm applying to all these other parts of my life. Like my relationships are better. How I relate to my husband and my kids is better. I have clients who are like, kind of teaching some of the principles even of like mindfulness or awareness of our thoughts and our feelings, naming and noticing our feelings to their kids. I think there's so many parallels with like building a business and managing weight. I see so many parallels every day as I'm running my business. But these coaching skills, it's like we can apply them to so many different areas. And that's where it's not just about managing weight. It really is about living your life, living your best life and really what does it look like to thrive? So I love the name of your program, Thrive Academy, because that's ultimately the goal. I always say to my clients, like at the end of your life, are you going to look at the number on the scale and make that like, that was my meaningful life because I weighed this number? Are you going to look at your life and think about all the experiences that you had with your loved ones and that you lived, right? Like I'm way more interested in you living than you dieting. Absolutely. For those of you listening, I think just sit in that feeling a little bit because we're so used to just thinking it has to come in the form of dieting and it has to have that default experience that we talked about. But like, if you just sit, like, what if I could reach these goals while like really living and feeling good about myself 
before the scale moves and loving my days and feeling better as a parent, feeling better as a partner, like all these layers come into it and they all influence, like everything's connected in ourselves, right? Yeah. They all influence your eating and your other healthy behaviors. And so just sit with it of like, what if I could reach these goals that you may never have gone for before that may feel overwhelming at times, but reach them in the way that we're talking about where you're living the whole time, you're thriving, you're loving what you're doing Mm -hmm. to reach them because that's what both of us do. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Can you share with the audience where we can find you? Absolutely. So I'm the host of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. So especially if you're a physician, come find me over there. And then my website is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. And if you want to learn more about Thrive Academy, you can just head to start to thrive.ca, which is start number two, thrive.ca as just an easy link to get you right there. Awesome. How about you? I am the host of the High on Life podcast. So H-I-G-H, High on Life. And my website is sashahighmd.com. And then I am all over social at sashahighmd. Yeah, and I'm on social at Dr. Siobhan Key, which is D-R-S-I-O-B-H-A-N-K-E-Y. I should have used a handle with my difficultly spelt name, but there it is. So come find me over there too. Amazing. Okay, this has been so fun. I've loved this collaboration. Thank you so much, Siobhan. Yeah, and thank you to everybody for listening. All right, we covered so much in that episode. I love sitting down. You know what? I've known Dr. High for a while through social media and things like that, but that was the first time we actually had to sit and chat and talk about this. And I really enjoyed getting to meet her in person and recording this episode for you. I hope that you enjoyed it too. Any questions at all, send them over to info at Weight Solutions for Physicians. If you are a physician and you want help, from a very positive place to reach your health goals, to manage your weight lifelong, not just short term, to feel in control of eating where you're not always having to think about it and you have space in your head that you can actually think about things you want to be thinking about, then head over to starttothrive.ca and learn more about Thrive Academy for Physicians. So Thrive Academy for Physicians is my six-month group coaching program where we dig into managing eating a weight from a totally different approach than what you've been taught before. We turn all that diet culture crap on its head and we really look at how can we put less effort in and create more impact that actually feels simple and enjoyable so that everything you do to manage your eating and weight when you're inside Thrive Academy for Physicians actually makes your day better. It has positive impacts in other areas of your life. So as your eating and weight is feeling better, you're starting to move towards your goals, you're feeling more in control without working harder, you're also enjoying your days more, work feels better, you enjoy your time with your kids more. It just keeps having these positive impacts that ripple out. That is the power of taking a different approach when it comes to your eating and weight. Head over to start2thrive.ca, that's start number two, thrive.ca, or head over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, and click on the work with me page. Submit an application, which is no obligation, no pressure. The application process is there so that when you join Thrive Academy for Physicians, you are really confident that it is the right program for you and that it is going to completely change your life. Fill out that application so you and I can chat, so you can get my feedback on if I think I can help you. And then let's get going. Let's make this year different. Let's make 2024 the year that you stop struggling with your eating and weight, the year where you're like, 
I learn the skills that I need for the rest of my life to manage this. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.